0: This is episode 33 on the Millennial Life School podcast on how to find beauty from within with Jasleen Gonzalez. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Millennial Life School podcast, where it's all about inspiring and encouraging 20 to 30-something-year-olds as we figure life out together. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode on the Millennial Life School podcast. I am so excited to share with you guys this special episode with Jazlyn Gonzalez. This is actually something that I've been wanting to share for such a long time. And Jazlyn was actually someone that I asked to be on my podcast like way before I even launched my podcast. And we were finally able to make this happen. So I'm super excited. So Jasmine Gonzalez, she is the winner of cycle eight of America's Next Top Model and the founder of Onset with Jasmine. She's walked on runway for the king and queen of Malaysia, amassed numerous print covers and editorials, including Murray Calendar, Elle Magazine, and even Vogue India. In this episode, we talk about what it takes for someone to be a top model, and she shares about how beauty is so much more than just the outer appearance. Jasmine opens up about her experience with being in an abusive relationship and what it was like getting rejected on national television on cycle 7 of the America's Next Top Model. And she also shares about her faith and her relationship with God and how that has impacted the way that she lives her life. This episode is such an empowering episode as we get to hear from Jasmine on her mindset and the best lessons that she's learned on her journey as a model. And what I love is that I feel like, especially as a woman, Um, I've struggled a lot with the concept of beauty and feeling insecure about the way that I look. And it's just so refreshing hearing from someone who is an expert in the industry and as a model whose career really depends so much on your appearance. So it was just so refreshing talking with her and hearing from her about what beauty actually means. This episode is such an empowering episode so, I'm super excited. So, let's just get right in. Oh my. This, this is, is Millennial uh, Life School Podcast with Charon Kiron Han. Hey, I'm a part Hi. Good. Oh my God. It's so good seeing you. It's been a while. It's been
1: a long time. Yeah. I know
0: you just had your birthday. Happy birthday
1: thank you so much whereabouts are you now
0: i'm in chicago i know you're also from around here
1: what you're in my hometown you went from bali to chicago
0: yeah i went from bali to chicago suburbs nice um first of all jasmine i just want to officially welcome you to the millennial life school podcast i know we've been uh, and then we've been talking about this for such a long time. And you're you're actually one of the very first people that I reached out to when I was actually just like in the stage of like, oh my God, I have this podcast idea. Like, would you be interested? And like, right. man, I think right now with everything that you're doing with Onset with Jocelyn, it's just like the right time. So I'm super excited to have you on. Oh, thank you for,
1: you know, re- reconnecting. I think, yeah, this is a great time now that we can both just – um, share uh, this moment together. It's been so long since I've seen you so I'm really happy to be on um, and you know we made it happen so yeah, <laughs> let's do this.
0: Yeah making it happen. Yeah. Um, how was your, I know so how was your, bir- your first birthday in quarantine?
1: Wow I honestly my expectations were a little like I was a bit cynical about it and i thought like i was gonna be by myself and um god was so faithful and he had two of my friends from tapestry that came with me uh yesterday they came over one brought me a cake we went to this like secret garden place that i had found and i was like i want to go there so bad and i wanted to go and do like a little mini prayer in in this Mm -hmm. little hut that they have there what so, so cool yeah i spent it really it was very magical and then we came with a special request i had Slurpin ramen um this amazing place i
0: know and, that place is so oh good oh my
1: god it, it's <laughs> the best ramen ever so i got to eat one of my favorite meals and then we came over to my house we ate the ramen and then we called my mom uh, FaceTime mm-hmm. and my mom happens to be with my grandmother my dad and a cousin of mine so they sing happy birthday over FaceTime with my two besties like oh. side by side with me so I would say that God was faithful to like let, you know make sure that I didn't spend this birthday by myself so there was a lot of phone calls too I was just really thankful for all the gifts that were mailed and Uh, the calls that really brought a lot of light and love into my life yesterday
0: oh that's so nice I think it's it's really cool how even during this time with this whole pandemic like we're able to use technology still to still stay connected with all the people that we love and in a way like I know that this birthday was probably a little bit different than previous years but I think it's nice to acknowledge that we are still able to have this kind of connection and still like have a special time with our loved ones in that way.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm most grateful. I find friends to be like treasure and they always shine the most. And you'll know them because they always shine in your lowest and your darkest and your loneliest, you know. And thankfully that I had physical, two physical friends with me, which at the end of the day I always thought like wow I don't don't even need much to be because I was so fulfilled you know so it's like yeah we have the technology and then the ones that are meant to be in your life your real treasured friends will be there so yeah it was great yeah
0: and I love what you said in terms of like we don't even need that much and I think sometimes you forget that like We live in such a materialistic world where we're always consuming all these different things, and we feel like we're we always need all these stuff. But I think with this whole COVID nineteen, it's really stripping us to like the bare minimum.
1: Bare minimum.
0: Yeah, and like even with that, it's like you're getting that time to rest. And I know, you know, being a model, like you're like for example, after America's Next Top Model, you've been traveling around the world and all those different things. But now it's really challenging us to sit still and to really look into our heart and really think about what matters most to us and how we want to contribute to the world.
1: Yeah, I think it is definitely stripping us down to not just bare minimum to what's, but to what's essential, right? Mm-hmm. To what's essential, like, you know, our health, to our state of mind, um our values and like self-care, like the most essential things, you know. Um even even you being essential to somebody in someone's life, you know, in a moment like this where it's mm-hmm. so hard. Um so yeah, I'm really grateful that although I I I work from home, I don't have like a nine to five. So I've I've felt like I was always quarantined before. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but um, I think that in a moment like this, I'm really grateful for my faith because I'm not really walking around with um, a chip over my shoulder or with fear of my future. But a lot of prayer time is involved and a lot of seeking God for my will, for his will for my life in a time like this.
0: Yeah. And I know that it, it, even during this time of quarantine, you've been really busy. Um, you just launched the virtual course with Onset with Jasleen. So can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, so Onset with Jasleen was a in-person experience. And yeah, during when pan- the, the pandemic happened, I was forced to go virtual because I had a A business plan for the summer to do a big six Mm. and that plan completely changed so I have to condense the program into a two-hour online course Um, and big six are six poses that I've mastered throughout my modeling career that have shown me to be the most confident and the best version of myself they're like six poses I pull out of my pocket any given photo shoot Mm-hmm. Um, along with an empowerment curriculum, along with the learning how to get started in the modeling industry, along with what, uh, fueling your potential with learning what it takes to become a top model. So all of this is all condensed in that two-hour uh, curriculum that I have for Big Six Concepts. Big Six, yeah.
0: Concepts
1: yeah. <laughs> awesome. doesn't it, but Big Six is the, the name of the campaign.
0: Yeah, wow. So what does it take for someone to become like a top model?
1: Um, You know, being a model is really far more than just wearing clothes. It's really inspiring people with your beauty. Um, And a lot of girls and the, the purpose of my course is to really Help you discover how truly beautiful you are by rebuilding beauty from within mm. and there's a lot of low self-esteem out there and they think that the physical is what's really going to capture someone's eyes and hearts yeah it might capture the eyes but um the professionals and in in my industry they know a real model when they see one and they there's top models and there's supermodels but You know, top models, obviously, there's a standard of a certain type that they like. But supermodels are being hired uh, for their personalities, you know, for the presence that they bring. And so I want to teach that kind of presence and essence that it takes, you know, for young girls to just even not propel, not only propel in the modeling industry, but this applies to personal relationships, to other opportunities, um, and just life in general.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, uh, what's the difference between top model versus (laughs) supermodel? Um,
1: I think, so like I mentioned, you know, the top model really has a lot of like campaigns happening, Mm -hmm. um, going on. She's just, um, uh, you know, she's worked really hard to get there. Like it's modeling is it's, you're either on the bus or you're off the bus. Mm -hmm. It's a very long road and it's probably a road less traveled um, if you don't have the will because there's so much rejection in it. Mm. But a top model like really works hard to get to the top. Um, She has representatives like agents or managers that are constantly, because she's made a name for herself, getting booked on, she's working on the runways of Prada, Gucci, you know, and then having campaigns as well. And then you have your supermodel that is literally a household name and has multi-million dollar contract deals
0: wow wow and you mentioned that it's not just about the looks because you know from a person who is not in the modeling industry when I look at that one thing is like wow like these girls are so beautiful but at the same time you know the way that I see it it's like I feel like it's so highly dependent on your looks but you mentioned how it's not just about your outer appearance, but it's about the, prince, the presence that you bring. Yeah. So where does that presence come from? And like, how do you build that presence? Um,
1: well, uh, you know, a lot of people do envy models or look at models because of that ethereal look that they bring. And because they're wearing high brand names, uh on but and they look so blissful but the truth is like you are the bliss and you're the one that transforms the clothing right so inner beauty requires a lot of work but especially in your confidence so if you can have somehow find or develop the confidence then you can be like that model and 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 be envied by it, you know? Like, that's the thing that girls just, they want to be that so bad. Um, And I'm not gonna encourage anyone to be envied, I'm just saying that, um, you know, some have the genetic granted, some have the genetic um, privilege, and then some just have something very special. And my thing is that there is truly nothing, new under the sun that i'm going to say there is nothing um you know that is like a i have my little tips and secrets yes and i'll share them in the workshop but you know i think there is a key that really unlocks that uniqueness and purpose and special thing, special thing about you and god has been jesus christ has been the one to do that for me And that's why what I'm saying, it's like, there's not even the not every beautiful girl gets the contract. Mm. You know, it takes the one that really knows um, the industry and can find her place in it. Mm. Um, So there is a strong willed person can really be successful in this industry. So it doesn't necessarily just have to be a beautiful girl.
0: Wow, wow. And you know, for you in terms of your modeling career, you literally built your modeling career on national television in front of everyone. And you know, it's so funny actually because I only watched one season of America's Next Top Model, but that one season was cycle eight, the one that you were in. No way. It's, yeah, it's so funny. No No, it's, like, your season was, like, literally the only one that I watched. Wow. Yeah, and I enjoyed it so much, and I remember, like, wow, like, this is so fun, but also, like, dang, it looks like there's so much pressure, and I really admired every single person on there, and that was the season that you won, Mm -hmm. and I would have never, like, known or even imagined that, like, years later that I would run into you, the winner of Cycle 8 at a Thanksgiving party. It's just insane. (laughs)
1: Oh my God. Right. I'm always astonished. Literally. I'm always like, wow, where my feet have walked, where my feet have taken me. And there's been so many unfamiliar places, but if I were never to be in those unfamiliar places, I would have never grown into the woman that I am. And I would have never met the people that I have have in my life. Like you, you know, like, it's just it's crazy it's you know i i'm not so much of a wanderer i love to walk with purpose Mm -hmm. but i know that with my career exploring new markets was um one of the perks of being a model it's like at the drop drop of a dime you have to move. You have to travel um, because there's so many given markets for a model to work in that you can literally work in successfully and lucratively. And so um, I'm I'm thankful. You know, it wasn't just like I'm a gypsy. Here I'm gonna go. Here you know, it was just like there was so much purpose behind it. You know, I wanted um, to just open new doors um, and. With that, I was able to learn such a diverse concept of beauty now that I can carry and share with many women that take my course.
0: Yeah, that's so amazing. Walking with purpose. Especially, you know, like, as a model, you're literally walking on runways and you're walking. And I think, I, like, I love that idea and that image of, as a model, like, walking with purpose. Because, you know, like, as a model, um, you know, you're such a role model to young women and to young girls. And I think it's so empowering when someone like you, who is a model, who is the top model and someone that, you know, a lot of girls admire, for you to know who you are and to really speak a message of inner, inner beauty to young girls. So in this whole career, what's like the biggest lesson that you've learned about beauty?
1: Um, so beauty to me is how you see, what you say, what you do. It all comes from the beauty from within you. So it's, it can be as simple as a gesture. And I learned this in many different forms. Um, from the physical form, obviously, I realized how intangible um, how, how that is and how pretentious that is. But I really learned um, because of there were some hardships in my life. And there was even a moment when I was living in New York and I was in a taxi cab ride. And I, would ju- I just had one America's Next Top Model. And I was, I somehow, some guilt fell, fell, fell upon me. I was like, who am I? I just wake up now every morning. I get paid this much to just go to photo shoots. And I was expressing that burden that I had upon myself to the taxi cab ride dr- uh, driver. And, you know, I pulled up to the front of my studio and he stops and he tells me, with all the bad things in this world, with all the ugly things in this world, we need your beauty. Wow. So ever since that day, I've been on a hunt of like, oh my God, what does beauty mean to me? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's been a long Far tried and true journey for me of really defining what beauty meant. Um, and I realized it's, it has nothing to do with me getting pretty and being on a set. It's like, what, what good can I bring to my set?
0: Wow.
1: And that's where the beauty started. That's when I started blossoming as a woman um, and trying to just live up to my identity of of
0: a model but with greater purpose wow wow so you know when you were in that you literally just won a next top model but you were in this place and in a way i think a lot of us deal with that like the imposter syndrome of like oh, like i shouldn't be here or things like yeah. that yeah. and like along with that yeah. like you know being a model did you have to face a lot of different insecurities or did you have to did it come face to face with different insecurities that maybe you didn't even know you had?
1: Um, I think that might have been the only most dramatic thing that had happened in my life that I remember it being a pivotal moment for me, right? Um, I think that I had dealt with a lot of insecurities before I had went on Top Model, and that, that all came from being too thin in my community, So I was always picked on for being the tall, skinny girl. So I walked around with a lot of insecurity of not fitting in. But then once I became the model that I became, I was like, oh, here are all the tall, skinny girls. (laughs) Like, oh, I belong here. And I'm walking down New York streets, New York City streets. And I'm like, oh, I belong here. I'm happy. This is like, I see people like me. So yeah, I think that my only insecurity was like, what is my per my what wh- what's my purpose of now being this kind of model
0: yeah, but that's so that's so freaking funny because um <laughs> you know like it's so funny how sometimes I feel like we've depending on our community and depending on who we're surrounded by, mm-hmm. it really forms our con- concept of what beauty is, and imagine mm-hmm. like if you constantly were in that space where you're like, oh I'm not like the bigger girls in this community, because so I'm not pretty. Imagine mm-hmm. that, like you, like a uh, freaking beautiful model and like thinking uh, in that space. And uh, I was just gonna say, like, I had a little bit of an experience like that when I was growing up and, you know, I always thought like I'm not beautiful cause I'm too short. You know, I always thought like, oh, you know, I want to grow taller, I want to grow taller. And then when I stopped growing <laughs> at like sixth grade, I was like, oh no, my God, <laughs> this is like as tall as I'm gonna get. And my height was like the biggest insecurity (coughs) of for such a long time growing up, you know, in middle school and things like that. Mm. And I always wished I was taller. But then I came to Chicago and then I joined cheerleading. Mm. And in cheerleading, um, I was one of the flyers that they toss up into the air. Uh, uh, And everyone loved my height. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're the perfect height. And there would be all these girls, like um, amazing cheerleaders from universities who would come in and coach us. And all these girls were so petite and so tiny and so beautiful. And I remember thinking like, oh, this is where all the short girls are at. This is like where like everyone's accepted and people love us because of our height. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it's always that one thing that you're insecure of that Mm -hmm. actually is your your unique trait it's the thing that you should be playing up it's the thing that you should be finding where does that belong and be embraced and used for you know like that's it's so great to hear that yeah you relate you know now like you had this insecurity but then you found your place mm-hmm. because you like continued though you went you you were fighting through that insecurity you continue to uh, find purpose for yourself and look at you were being tossed around happily (laughs) 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 and i'm sure beautifully
0: yeah and i really think it's like um like everyone needs when you when you're able to find that unique space where you're born to be like in your uniqueness of who you are and who god created you to be that's when you're truly able to like stand firm in your identity and in who you are and really blossom and be used in that in that area
1: yeah yeah it's you know I would say that a lot of my confidence came from a place where I did have an environment that encouraged me that molded me and that um Uh, built me so I was a singer and dancer for over 10 years Mm -hmm. in the largest cultural youth group back in Chicago and my grandfather was a director and he was a very big disciplinarian and there's still a lot of values and teachings that are instilled in me that I apply to my work to this day but because I had that community a place where I was developing where I was not so worried about Who's on the magazine or how are girls looking? I had an instructor, I had someone who had an honorary place, an honorable man, a man of leadership teaching me while I'm on stage how to perform, how to do this. So I'm building, I'm growing. There's something in me growing that we don't have the time to allow um, those insecurities to even grow because there's so much power. And influence from my surroundings wow. building me up so this is why I take onset with Jocelyn so serious and I was doing the in-person experience because I'm taking what I did what, what apply to my life and trying to move it forward to to other girls because it's it, that's we're consuming more than we are creating And in those times that I was on stage and my grandfather was teaching, you know, I was creating. And I think that's what's important right now for young women. So they're not so consuming so much of the standards of what the world thinks of beauty versus them creating it. And that's what Onset is all about. It's like, it's an empowerment course aimed to promote inner beauty while offering you the professional experience of a hands-on photo shoot. Now that was the in-person experience and that whole being on a photo shoot set with having a professional stylist, professional photographer with me there. I mean, you're going to create something, you know, you're going to create art, beauty, you know, like, and that's where you start fighting against the stigmas and uh, self scrutiny or standards, you know, that's, that's the real fact there.
0: Yeah, No, that's so amazing. I really think like having a mentor or a coach or someone who's already walked through everything that you want to walk through, and have Mm -hmm. arrived at a place where you want to be really speaking into your life directly and coaching you and teaching you and not just that, like instilling confidence in you. Mm -hmm. I think that's like that everyone needs that in their life. I really think so.
1: Absolutely. I think, um, as long as, you know, I, I learned this when I was speaking, when I was an, I've been an advocate against domestic violence mm-hmm. for a little over 10 years now. And I feel that, and I learned this during like the Rihanna and Chris Brown incident. Like I, I knew that Chris Brown could have been a role model to a lot of males, um, at that given time, because there is such a lack of. So domestic violence is known to be a woman's issue, and yes, it is. But there is is a lack of teaching of what constitutes healthy behavior and unhealthy behavior in the the men's community, right? Um, And there's a lot of absent fathers. There's just a lot of things that play into action as to why men become abusers and or why teenagers become susceptible to it. But for some reason, I feel like, you know, this is a time for Chris Brown to just be honest about that experience. And what I learned in my research during that time is like, when you're honest about your experience, you are a role model. That's all it takes. The moment you're honest about an experience, you become a role model. Because there's something about that honesty that triggers a person in, a trillion different ways that you never would have imagined right you have one way of saying it and one way of believing of what this message is going how it's going to relay but it cuts down into trillion different ways into other people's minds and hearts it affects them in this way they'll learn this this about that you know like and yeah so i just feel like um as long as you're honest about your experience um, and what brought you to life coaching. And as long as I'm honest to like my modeling career, we can be role models.
0: Wow. I love that. Like about honesty being the key in terms of what really inspires people. Cause I think with honesty, it also has to do with being open and vulnerable Mm -hmm. and not just that. Like I think one thing too, if you want to be really honest, um it's a given that you really need to come out with a humble heart because you have to be honest with even the the mistakes you've made even the things that you're embarrassed of even the things that you're not proud of right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i i I really love that
1: right yeah and i guess yeah with the whole chris brown situation what i meant is like that like if he could have came out more about like what made him or like what laughed or like what made him you know like what do he need or tug eyes like, you know, this is this doesn't feel right. This is not good, you know, like those situations. But yeah, it is a lot of vulnerability required humility.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, um, so a lot of people know you from, you know, the win as being the winner of cycle eight in America's Next Top Model, but you actually came on national television in cycle 7 before as well where you made it to the semifinals but you didn't make it to the finals and and then you came and you told the judges that you're going to be back in the next cycle and you did and you made it to the finals but when you first came out into cycle 7 and you didn't make the cut to be in one of the finalists um how did you persevere through that like rejection from on national television
1: um, that hit hard. I I was very dumbfounded by the whole uh, way that that had happened. Um, but then that whole uh, moment when I was backstage, and they were trying to get interviews with me, um, they I was just refusing. I was like, I'm not giving not a single interview. You guys did not select me. I'm like, never gonna talk to you guys again right now. Like, <laughs> That whole shebang, and um, you know, they brought something very important up, which was you know, you were Tyra's number one girl, but the therapist, because we undergo evaluation processes with a therapist, and she overruled Tyra's decision because she thinks that you're emotionally distraught, you are in an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. So, um, that was the first time I've ever heard about domestic violence being a part of my life. I didn't realize. extreme uh, situation that I was in. So um, when I went back home, it was really a moment for me to self-evaluate the situation. And I really wanted that title. I really wanted that experience as a model. And so I took the steps into getting therapy, learning about uh, domestic violence for six months. I took the course. Uh, I I took um, a, a therapy session. And I came back and took it. You know, I took the title and I just feel like I had a really deep deep desire. Like there was nothing or no one that can stop me from wanting to be on that show. And so not even this relationship, it didn't have enough substance. I mean, clearly it was just the worst, obviously. So it was really quick, easy for me to cut. It was not easy for me to cut off, I will be honest, because... When you're in a domestic violence situation, there's cycles and it's, it takes a girl a couple times to break out of it. You know, it, it really, I relapsed a couple times and I'll be completely honest about that. And I have been, but um, uh, again, my desire for being on the show was greater than the desire of being in that relationship. Mm-hmm. So there's, you got to really have the passion and the desire for something in order for rejection, not to hold you back.
0: Yeah, and I know that you've talked about this on national TV as well, you know, on interviews and things like that. But, you know, for people who are currently in abusive relationships, what do you think are the thoughts going on that keeps them in an abusive relationship, even though they know that, you know, this is probably not right?
1: I know that uh, my personal situation, based on my research, that a lot of girls think that they'll never find love again. Mm. Uh, I'll never find someone that's gonna love them as deep as they think this guy loves them. Um, but that's probably the biggest misconception that women who are in an abusive relationship can think. Um, they are probably also being deceived by the charming ways of this abuser, and they probably think that he is going to change. That was another reality that I had to face: is that he de- he never did. He came off and that's part of the cycle of abuse that everything feels like it's in a honeymoon stage. He's perfectly fine. He's a charmer. He's loving, but then you start finding yourself walking on eggshells because of something you did. And then the abuse starts. So no matter how long it takes for you to reach each step, the thing that the, the truth is that the cycle continues, it will still happen. Mm. And I learned it the hard way. I kept going back, but, um, I, because I learned the cycle, then I started realizing, okay, this guy's just not going to change.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I've also had friends who's, who's been in abusive relationships and things like that. And, you know, I think while you're going through it, it's really difficult to talk about. And also, I think also part of the whole, um, You know, being part of a being in an abusive relationship, it's like your mind, right? Like you start to think a certain way and you start to think, like, oh, it's because I did something wrong, or it's like that whole like mental war. Yeah. And you know, my heart is really, I really want women for them to know how beautiful they are. Like, I think it's like if they know how beautiful they are and they have that self worth instilled in them where they they know that they don't need a guy's affirmation to think they're beautiful or to think they're lovable I think that's really like that's true beauty in my in my eyes where it's like yeah like you don't need anyone because you are created beautifully and wonderfully and when you yeah. walk that out I think that beauty really shines mm-hmm. and you know how to identify like oh actually this is not this is not good for me and i don't need that in my life i don't need this negativity in my life and you're able to really shine and walk with confidence
1: yeah yeah um a lot of girls are susceptible to the idea that they're the problem in the relationship um but once you taste a good one and i really hope that if there is a girl that's going through an abusive relationship can one, find the help to get out of it. Um, love is not abuse. Mm. And I've been so blessed that the moment I took the courage to get out of it, I really learned God had blessed me with bringing true love in my life and started showing me what a healthy relationships how healthy relationships are supposed to be, how loved I am supposed to be, how cared for I'm actually supposed to be. So it's like um, a rock was lifted, you know, and I started seeing sunshine. I started learning my worth in a relationship. And then I was also able to give that kind of love because I was being loved back, you know. Um, unfortunately you're not going to be able, you're not going to have healthy relationships all around um, with family members with people at work if you continue to stay in an abusive relationship and trust me it's hard because there's such a psychological there's so much psychological abuse yeah. that one needs to like really get help for um, so yeah um, I'm so blessed to have the healthy relationships that I do now, yeah, from that one step of just getting out
0: yeah, yeah no that that's so empowering to hear, and I really think you know your journey is so empowering and inspiring for for everyone, just even here in this podcast, for us to listen and for everyone who's followed you in your journey as a model and in your career. I think you know you Really, are someone that, that I feel like walks out in that beauty, and I think there's so much authority and power in your words because you've walked through it. You've walked through all those like glamour of being America's Next Top Model winner and traveling around the world and going through you know tough relationships and and really fighting through that. And I think really, it's just such an honor to have you on and for you to, you know, share honestly about your experiences and it all. So thank you for your strength and your beauty. Oh,
1: thank you, Sharon. Um, but I will give God the glory in this moment only because I was extremely in very dark pits because of these circumstances. And again, this is the thing that it's natural. There's going to be a lot of people who don't know how to overcome these situations and only fall into dark pits. But I turned to God and God strengthened me. So my strength came from God. He continues to strengthen me. So I want people to know that they're not alone. Like God is there to help you. You know, if you could only just reach for him, like you have enough strength to even at least reach for him, he will, he would go the thousand mile, you know, the thousand mile for you. You know, there's no more you need to do he will do the rest but you just continue to turn to him so i give him all the glory for all the dark pits that i have sometimes obviously i put myself in but he's been faithful to teach me a lesson in them and also to strengthen me and get me out of them
0: wow wow so you know growing up were your relationship was your relationship with god always strong or was there a moment where you really started to reach and seek God out um
1: i i always recall having God in my life since i was a little girl um my family they they're not the, they're not religious at all but they followed holidays and i was baptized when i was younger but um i think my faith grew um after top model um and a little bit little more after so um my grandparents i do have grandparents that are very um religious and i remember always going to their home and being very curious and asking them questions about god i always saw the bible out and you know my grandfather had always said once like just keep going to church Mm -hmm. he said that once like he was walking he was pacing so i felt like he was saying it out loud for someone to hear and i and it hit me, obviously it was for me to hear because I would never forget how that hit me, mm. and I know they they're religious, so they go all the time. But I started going when I had, was my time in Chicago, and I was going faithfully and it 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 transformed my life, and I can't deny it. I refuse to deny it um, I think that in a pandemic or in a time like this, I think that's this is where I'm, I'm satisfied. I'll say this is where I'm satisfied. I'm not boasting, but I'm satisfied that, you know what? I'm glad that my heart sits peacefully in knowing that my good works have already started. And I'm, I'm helping planting those seeds with my girls. Like Whoever wants that empowerment or encouragement or that community, I'm thankful that God already has been working with me to build it. So then in a time like this, there's something positive to focus on for me, for the girls. There's something, you know what I mean? So, yes, I'm
0: just... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. And I just like, you know, just looking at you, I feel like it's like I just get this picture of like you being this beautiful like tree that that is really rooted on the ground and have grown and now you, you're able to provide all these shades and pour in to all the little blossoming flowers that are just growing oh. beneath <laughs> you, and you're just yeah. like looking over them and like really pouring into them and like yeah. even you know with this pandemic I know that you have to switch from on set like you know actually being on set with you to going virtual and now with virtual you're able to reach people all over the world and yeah. Really like you went from being limited to, you know, being where you're at in Los Angeles and whatnot, to really being able to reach girls globally. And I think it's so beautiful, like, you know, even this whole transition of onset with Jasmine going virtual. And yeah, I think it's just like onto like the better things, onto the next thing from glory to glory. And I think it's so beautiful to watch.
1: Oh, thank you, Sharon. I really appreciate your support.
0: Yeah. So um, you know when you're on national television, you know, for me, when I think about that, like going on a show like America's Next Top Model, I think immediately there's a lot of pressure. Um, And also I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like it's like your life all of a sudden gets turned around. You go from someone that like, you know, you're just walking around Chicago and, you know, people don't recognize you to all of a sudden, like everyone knows who you are and you're on. It's like, I don't know. I feel like one thing is, it's it's incredible honor, but at the same time, I can imagine how, like, all of a sudden, having that spotlight on you can be really intimidating and scary. Did you ever feel intimidated, or you know, when you walked in there? Because from the beginning, when I watched that cycle, I remember like you seemed so confident, and I think that confidence really was something that um, made you the winner of that show. But did you always feel confident or were there times where you just felt intimidated throughout the whole journey? Like uh, after or during Um, the show? During, after, um, just in your journey as a model.
1: I was super, super confident on the show. Mm. Like there was no telling me nothing. Wow. Um,
0: (laughs) Where did that confidence come from and and Um, where did you have that? Where did you get um, that confidence? I think...
1: I think part of it had a lot to do with my culture, my sassiness, the spice that we have in our culture of like, again, I was raised on a stage. Mm -hmm. So being a part of the dancing and singing group, which again, it's like my grandfather created a monster in me, you know, Mm -hmm. like he made me ready Mm -hmm. for, for, for a competition like that. And on top of the fact that, I was already doing pageantry back at home and I was always like losing against my aunt who's one week older than me. So we were raised like twins Uh and she was like, you're all all American girl next door kind of beauty. And I'm here like this big tall palm tree Uh and you know, I was always losing against her. So I feel like the irony of my life was like, you know, I went on one of the biggest pageants and won, but because they taught me how to lose so much. You know, they been fighting, losing against her. They actually, not that they taught me how to lose, they taught me how to win because I lost so much against her. Wow. So I, that's a very big irony. And I put that with my life when that had happened. Like, oh, that all makes sense why I went through what I went through. So confidence that a lot, had came from dancing and singing, pageantry, and just because I'm not being spicy like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But I love what you said in terms of how you it really like losing learning how to lose is what helped you win. win. Yeah. Yeah. That's so amazing. Yeah, yeah and I, I feel like a lot of people don't really get that. Um, You know, especially, I think what's common for millennials, um, I know this podcast is specifically geared for millennials, um, but I think millennials and Gen Z, one thing is that we always want things fast. I kind of think of it as like we're trying to microwave success, you know, (laughs) we we want things fast, we want to win. But a lot of winning actually comes from learning how to lose. And it comes with a lot of failures. And I, I really think it's those people who know, who know how to fail and how to fail fast. Are They're the people who, know, who can get to success because one, they're resilient and they're not afraid of failing and they're not afraid of losing. But I think if you are afraid of failing or if you're afraid of losing, then you can't win. <laughs> nope.
1: nope, you're going to be stuck right there.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I love that I think really boldness comes when you're able to face your biggest fear, whether it's losing, um, even like, for example, um, like not making it to the finals and not winning cycle seven. Like you weren't afraid to lose it. It's like, I already experienced that. So now I'm here to win. Exactly. Um, so what's like one advice you would love to give young girls who are just starting out in their modeling career? Um, I would say
1: the best advice I can give is, uh, get as much exposure as you can get. Um, whether it's in your local community, you know, try to find designers or people that have created a somewhat of an entertainment industry within the community, because they'll use you, they can use you for promotional model or, you know, anything that can have can build experience for you
0: yeah and also um i really think like what you're doing is amazing with onsite with jasmine so like when you know even just getting to talk to someone like you and receive mentoring from you i think that's so huge and i love that you're able to make you're making yourself available to help these girls
1: oh yeah it's one of my greatest passions um I didn't realize how much I was gonna love it. (laughs) But I think that all came again from my grandfather. Um, He was such a leader in our lives. Um, He played a major role in my life and I think I follow after him. Um, So yeah, I'm just trying to, I guess, continue the legacy.
0: Yeah, I love that. And last question. This is a question that I actually ask all my guests on my podcast. It's if you were to write a letter to our generation, a letter that begins with these two words, Dear Millennials, what would you write?
1: Dear Millennials,
0: you got the power. Wow. Wow, you got the power that's so empowering and i think that that could mean so many different things but whatever it is you got the yes, power absolutely so good um so for those who are listening how can they connect with you where can they go to connect with you where can they go to sign up for with time with jeseline
1: yeah. So um, I'm highly active on my Instagram posts uh, on set with just lean on Instagram. It's all spelled out, but if you want to go online right now, you can go to www.oswj.org.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank and you. for, yeah. And for all the, you know, young aspiring models, or for any models who want to take it to the next level, I really highly recommend and go check it out. Jocelyn is so amazing. So thank you so much, Jocelyn, for being on here. It is such an honor to have you on.
1: Thank you. I loved it. Thank you for having me. I had such a great time speaking with you, Sharon. I I wish you all the best on your podcast.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on social media, share it with friends, and just let more people know about it. I would really appreciate it so that this podcast can be heard by more people and also just so that we can share these insightful, powerful conversations with other people so that they can also learn something new and gain new insights. So thank you so much for being here. Um, If you haven't already, connect with me on social media as Sharon Kilonhan. I always love connecting with my listeners and just hearing from you guys what you guys thought about this episode. Thank you so much and see you guys in the Friday episode.